Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight, our topic is ADHD, are the answers hidden in plain sight? Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Are you a young adult newly diagnosed with ADHD or who is transitioning to independent adulthood? We know all too well the highs and lows that come with independently managing your ADHD. Chad's Adult to Adult Education and Training Program offers self-paced and on-demand training courses to support you in living and thriving with adult ADHD. To learn more, visit us at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, Um, I'm really excited about tonight's show. Every once in a while, you go out into the world and you stumble into somebody who's able to take things that are exceptionally kind of complicated and articulate in a way that really makes a lot of sense, brings some simplicity to things, and really helps you kind of understand what's going on and manage it. And recently, I was, I've been working on a, a program for my, my business. I've been trying to find a way to articulate something somewhat complex, and I was... Uh, when I'm doing that, sometimes I get on the internet, whether it's YouTube or um, uh, Google, and I go in, I'll type different words in, and I start searching for you know things that might be related that might have something to kind of kick what's kind of going on. And I was recently doing this, and everywhere I was going, all of a sudden there was this like this YouTube video that kept kind of popping up um, on magic, and I was um, somewhat annoying, but it was like following all over the place. And I said, all right, sure, I'll bite. So I watched it. And they were, they were showing some magic tricks, and, so, and they, were, they started referencing some stuff about it that was really, really kind of profound that I really wanted to share with um, you today. I want to talk about the concepts and, and, and as it relates to ADHD and kind of what I've learned over the years. And that notion that's interesting is that every answers to every problem is actually hidden in plain sight. Well, okay. 
It's hidden, really, it's hidden plain sight. Well, why can't I see it? You know, it's kind of funny. I realize one of my favorite quotes that I tell people sometimes when it comes to self-awareness is, um, is that quote, I don't know who discovered water, but I'm sure it wasn't a fish. It, it's so obvious, it's actually difficult to see. Because uh, it's everywhere, if you're, I guess, if you're a fish. And other things is that, you know, at one point in time, we thought the world was flat. It was, I mean, if you looked at the evidence, it was clearly round. You watch a boat sail away, right, and off into the distance. And at some point in time, you can see the flag on top of it, but you can't see the boat. Well, the curvature of the earth kind of getting away. Like, if you just, just paid attention to it, like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. You might find that there's a clue that the world is actually round and not actually flat. And, 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 and there's lots of things that we kind of keep discovering that we're hitting sight that we didn't necessarily see before that. Um, sometimes we need uh, constructs to help us with that. But fundamentally, the idea that, of this video that was intriguing to me was, well, if everything is hidden in plain sight, why can't I see it? And they saw – there's three things they said. One is misconceptions. You have a conception that's supposed to be a certain way, and that, that actually obstructs seeing it the right way. So misconception, however you define it, is maybe the way you think it's supposed to be. The second thing that hides it are assumptions. If you're making some assumptions and it doesn't fit, then you've you got the wrong assumptions, then you, sometimes you can't recognize what's actually hidden in plain sight. And the other one is expectations. It's what we expect. Recently, I was uh, working with an individual, and um, they were having a lot of stress emotional self-regulation with regard to ADHD, and we were having a conversation about them problem-solving, and uh, we got to expectations. And it was interesting because we were having this, and I said, you know, you have expectations that's got to be a certain way, and, but it, when it's not working, you get frustrated. And my notion is, well, are your expectations wrong? Well, no. Well, hang on a second. If it's not working, maybe it's because you have the wrong expectations. I think that happens a lot with people with ADHD. There's an expectation that they're neurotypical or that they need to do it a certain way or they have expectations that they have to conform. And so they're not e able to actually see things that are actually working. And I'm going to talk about some of those in, in, in a second. But expectations or assumptions and expectations really kind of get in the way. Again, the answers are all obvious, but we're all blind to them because of those. So what do you do? Well, there's a lot of opening your mind and realizing about your conceptions, your beliefs, your expectations, and your assumptions. And I, it's something I used to talk about years ago in my practice. I said, when the obvious solution isn't working, right? If the obvious solution isn't working, then you need to look for an obvious solution that's not so obvious. Because if it's obvious and it's not working, clearly you're paying attention to the wrong thing, which is actually what's obvious is determined by what you're paying attention to or what you're looking for. And when the obvious thing isn't working, you're paying attention to the wrong thing. I'm really just saying the same thing here. Answers to all questions of problem are in plain sight. If you think this is the right answer and it's not working, then you're probably paying attention to the wrong thing, which, which means we need to back up and think about a little bit of what we're doing before we really kind of get into it. I want to start to, to talk about this in ADD terms and some of the things that I've learned that are out there in plain sight. So to, for demarcation, we're going to go to commercial. We'll come back and get into it. So our secret word tonight is plain, P-L-A-I-N, as in the title, plain sight. Again, secret word is plain. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. 
Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Um, before the break, I was sharing an experience where I was trying to problem solve on something or really articulate, and uh, I had saw in this, uh, this video related to magic. Um, and uh, it was interesting because they were talking about all the answers to everything are hidden in plain sight. Why don't we see them? Well, misconceptions, expectations, and assumptions actually blind us to the obvious. What I want to do now is just share what I found to be the obvious in my work um, to kind of get you to think a little bit and actually kind of understand this concept and maybe begin to open up your, your mind a little bit. Some of these observations that I've had, uh, I've come across my own, but other times I've had some help with them. And one of the first ones I want to talk about um, is motivation. It's been interesting to me because uh, I think it was Dr. Roberto Olivardi who first said, and this is two separate conversations I remember or experiences. One, he said, you know, if you weren't motivated, you'd be dead. Well, you know, think about it. It's probably true, right? If you weren't motivated, you'd play with knives, you'd walk in the street, all kinds of stuff. So there's, there's, there's something about that. But he also said, you know, everything you've ever done your entire life, you did it because you were motivated to do it. And everything you didn't do in your entire life that you could have done, you didn't do it because you were actually motivated to do something else. Isn't that obvious? Well, expectations are motivation is what you should be doing, not what you actually do. I think that gets kind of cloudy when you're trying to uh, deal with somebody with ADHD and say they're not motivated. Number one, that's that's name-calling, number one. Number two is if they're motivated to sit on the couch, okay, and they're not doing something you think you should do, if you don't acknowledge that they're motivated to sit on the couch, you're really not getting to the core problem. Like you have to acknowledge, well, you know, I, I, what I need to do is I've got to find out some way to make whatever this is easier or remove it. Like you've got to manipulate that environment because as long as they're motivated to sit on the couch, it's there. I've also had a lot of people who've come to me before that, Honestly, they're just basic people. They're just basic people. They don't aspire to much. They just need some safety and some security, and they just assume just be comfortable and sit on the couch. But they're told that, no, they should be doing some other things, and they should aspire. They should kind of climb up the ladder. It's been interesting to me because these people are they're content, but they're made to feel bad about it. Um, because of everybody else's expectations and assumptions of what life should be like. And I've, I've had, it's been great coaching people before when I said, yeah, hey, there's nothing really wrong with if you'd like just to sit on the couch and watch TV and you're comfortable that way and you don't aspire to greatness, who am I to say that's not right? 
my point really is, is motivation is one of those things is we don't understand motivation because we have expectations and we have assumptions of what motivation should look like, not what it actually is. So if you say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, I'm motivated to uh, to play video games over doing my homework. If you acknowledge that, you go, okay, listen, I, 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 I see I'm more motivated to play video games now. Understanding that that's what's driving this, I can problem solve now as opposed to say I'm unmotivated, acting like uh, I'm not motivated to, to, to play the video games. Again, if you're going to problem solve, it's a, it's a great place to begin. Um, another revelation that I had years ago is that um, procrastination. Realize if you're calling yourself a procrastinator, that's name calling. It's like saying I'm lazy, stupid, or whatever. Um, you're not actually getting to the root of the problem. And what's been fascinating to me as I've found over the years is that about, eh, I guess, 80% of procrastination is actually rooted in ambiguity. Don't know what to do. Don't know how long it's going to take. Don't know where something is. Well, if you don't really know what to do, what are you going to do? If you don't acknowledge that you don't know what to do, you're just saying, I'm a procrastinator. You're not really addressing the core issue. But if you say, listen, I'm really not sure how to do this or whatever it is, where can I go to figure out how to do that? Now you're moving forward. And here's a great example of it. This is one of my favorite stories. A guy called me up one time. When I'm working with people, I have a two-hour discovery session where I kind of get to know them. We talk about how we're going to work together, give them a little bit of AD theory. But their homework exercises typically come back and let's talk about you know, a handful of things that you procrastinate on. And the idea is I'm, I'm trying to help them begin to understand the root cause. And here's a great example. A guy called me up at first call. I said, okay, so what's your procrastination list? Well, I need to call my relatives to tell them about my daughter's dance recital. So I said, what's hard? Nothing. I said, seriously, what's hard? He said, nothing. It's just a phone call. I said, no, seriously, can you tell me what's hard? He said, listen, I said, it's just it's, it's easy. It's a phone call. And I said, stop listening to yourself. Are you paying attention? This is at the top of your procrastination list, and you're paying me money. You're paying me money right now to coach you on it. Like, if it was easy, you would have done it by now. So seriously, what's hard? I don't know. I guess when I call them, they're going to ask me, like, where do I park? What do I wear, and what do I bring? And then, then the realization came, now I've got to go to my wife. Can't you just do this one thing? I mean, this has happened a lot of times. Can't you? Do now he's got this emotional turmoil he's got to deal with. He's got to get the answers, and then he's got to make the phone calls again. Now, understand that if you've got ADHD, when his wife made that first request, he's got to pause, and he's got to think, hmm, what information do I need? Maybe imagine what it's like to receive the phone call, to think about what he might ask, to ask his wife to get that information. So he's got it. Now, in the moment where he's being made that request, it's ADD. He's got to pause. He's got to think. That's difficult for people with ADHD. They just escape it. So he doesn't get the information, doesn't make the call, telling himself that it's easy. He had the assumption that it's easy, the expectation that it's easy. But what's hidden in plain sight is he doesn't have the answers to the question, so he avoids it, and then he's got an emotional deal with his, with his uh, wife going back through that. Again, that's just a simple illustration of answers or issues are all hidden in plain sight. Procrastination is rooted in ambiguity. There's another piece of that too. It's often um, uh, 
it's you don't really know what to do, but there's also a working memory pieces. You have all the pieces, but you can't conceptualize them all in your head, which is related to working memory, but you get back to the same place of ambiguity. There's another um, situation that I, uh, I, I encounter that I think is great related to ambiguity and working memory as recall. So I was coaching an individual who came to me and was has explained that you know procrastination is rooted in ambiguity, and they were actually kind of arguing with me. But um, anyway, we're, we're still kind of going forward. One day I got a text, and they were like, oh, my God. Before the pandemic, they might have been in an office um, on the computer doing something. And imagine you got to do something. There's some steps that you got to do, like maybe 10 or something like that. It doesn't really matter what it is, but there's this thing, and you, you know the steps. Well, she was at home on the pandemic, and – this, whatever happened, she didn't know one of the steps, and she realized, like, huh. She began to realize that when she was at work, she would lean over and ask a coworker, and a coworker would answer was, and she'd be right back in business within two seconds. This particular day, she's working from home. There's no coworker to lean over. Now she did instant message a coworker, but coworkers occupied with other things. She couldn't get her attention, and she said, "I got up to get a cup of coffee, and I never went back." Here's what's interesting is that most people would call that a motivation or productivity problem. In that particular instance, I'd go back to the ambiguities, like I don't know what the steps are because I can't recall it. And the tribal knowledge is information that is only held by tribal elders or people. Now, this procedure or step or whatever is probably somewhere on the company's intranet, but she didn't really know where to go find it. Again, we're back to ambiguity. So what she did is she got up to get a cup of coffee and escaped and never went back to it. Again, what it looks like, everybody thinks, is a productivity or a motivation problem because that's their expectations, their assumptions. But what I've learned is that's an ambiguity problem, particularly working memory, not able to recall it or not know where it is. Hopefully some of this stuff is starting to resonate. Another um, thing that I, I find it fascinating is that um, I did an interview with Dr. Uh, Russell Barkley years ago on working memory, and if you want to hear, just Google Attention Talk Radio GPS. And Dr. Barkley was talking about executive functioning. We were talking about working memory, and as we went on, I started talking about how I helped my clients become aware of what working memory is, and how we started talking about what works for them. And it was really cool because at the end of the um, interview, we both kind of agreed that paper is often high tech for people with ADHD. I got to tell you, I cannot tell you how many people I've coached where their expectation or assumption is that they need to go digital, and I'll talk to them, and they've had this urge to print, but they don't necessarily do it, and I, I help them get a printer, and my God, it's a game changer. They print, they spread everything all over the place, which you can't do on a computer screen, which is related to working memory. They feel the urge to go do that, but they don't necessarily do it. And so they're, they're looking for tips, tricks, and strategies for somebody to be able to deal in a digital world when in their working memory doesn't have the capacity. Inside, they're feeling the urge that they should print it, but they're overriding it because of these conceptions that they've got to be able to go do that. Again, the answers are hidden in plain sight, but we don't see them because of these expectations, etc. Tell you what, let's go to break. We'll come and share some more uh, stuff that I've, I've discovered is obvious that uh, might not be so obvious to you and hopes that inspire you to think um, or to look at things differently. Our secret word tonight is plain, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. 
Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Um, as I said, I was excited about this show tonight. We talked about um, answers to every problem is hidden in plain sight. We can't see them because of our misconceptions, assumptions, and expectations. Um, before the break, I was sharing some of observations that I have found that have become very obvious to me that a lot of people, I think, are missing. And I'm sharing this. I've had a lot of success um, working with people in the context of um, these, these things that I've seen. Um, another simple one is... Um, um, Organization. Um, I was fortunate um, to to write an article, to be allowed to write an article for Attention Magazine um, years ago, and the title of it was "Ugly Organizational Systems." And the the the, the origination of this is one day I was in my garage and I'm looking at my my workbench, and it's just a pile of stuff. And it occurred to me that I actually knew where everything was. I can't tell you. My sense it was organized somehow. I never really studied it, but like. Because I just knew where it was, there had to be some sense of it. And it dawned on me that, you know, I knew where everything was. But people judge organization aesthetically. So I actually took the picture of my workbench and I wrote an article for Attention Magazine. It was called Ugly Organizational Systems. And it was basically to sit there and say, you know, if you think about it, organization is about getting your hands on it. Like, can I go to it right now and grab it? And the idea really is, is if you can do that, I don't care what it looks like. It's organized. All too often, we have an expectation that organization must be aesthetically pretty. Now, you go to a grocery store, there's aisles and columns and blah, 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 and it looks good. And it, and, and you, you, it can be pretty and it can be organized, but a lot of times it can be pretty and unorganized. In fact, there's a lot of people I've coached with ADHD that have closets, and there's like lots of compartments and da da da. And because of the way it's so finite in the different spaces, it's difficult to compartmentalize everything in a way that really makes a lot of sense. So it might be pretty when everything's put away, but they can't find anything because there's no logic there into the system. I've also seen people play where there's piles of stuff, but they knew where everything was. And the idea really is, is organization is not necessarily aesthetically pleasing all the time. And I can't tell you how many people I've coached. And I said, listen, you know, if you like, oh my God, they're like, oh, I am organized. Well, yeah. In fact, if you try to do something, put it all away, you probably won't find it because if it's out, there's visual cues that 
that are there that you're not aware of that help you find some things. And if you put it away, it's out of sight, out of mind. And because of working memory, you might actually have the difficulty with that. So that's a fun one um, that I'm sharing. Um, another thing that is exceptionally clear to me is that people with ADHD, many of them talk a lot. And I got this uh, from my coach training, but I also started to make the connection when I started studying Dr. Barkley's um, ADHD construct as executive functioning. Part of working memory is verbal working memory. Uh, it's talking to yourself towards a goal, self-talk. Well, working memory is impaired for people with ADHD, and they often talk a lot. Most people think that they're, they talk too much or they're full of themselves. What I've learned is often they're not talking to you. They're thinking out loud, thinking out loud. In fact, they'll talk, 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 and solve their own problem. Um, and it's funny because I brought this to attention literally of CEOs. I'll never forget. There was one guy who's running a $70 million company like in his late 40s. And I'm like, you know, have you ever noticed that? Oh, my God. In that moment, it was a game changer. Like, yeah, I've been doing it my entire life. Like, oh, but he was inhibiting it. Didn't have to coach him very much because he didn't know not to talk was not to think. And he would just walk in and say, okay, i got to talk my way through this or ask permission or whatever. And there's a lot of people with ADHD that do that. It's clear that they're solving problems by talking or thinking out loud, but we have an expectation that that's not, we're not looking for. We, we think that they're talking to us with a conversation. Again, we have a misconception and expectations that's getting in our way to realize that this is a benefit to them and understand what's kind of going on. Another example of that. Um, also, another fun thing to me that was a recent revelation by accident, and um, I've had a lot of success with this, is ADHD looks like a focus problem, and it is. However, often the root cause is thinking. So one of the things that I like to do is when somebody's calling me up and I'm trying to help them understand it, I said, tell you what, let's do a mindfulness exercise. I'm going to ask you to do some calculations, and I want you to be self-observant. Now, you can't use any fingers to keep track of this and you no know paper, but I want you to calculate for me three to the power five. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm not any good at math. And then they go through and I say, well, stop. What I want you to notice is that three is nine times three is 27 times three, 27, uh, 81. Uh, how many times have I used three? Uh, you go back and calculate. Now, calculating the answer to that, which I think is 243, inside your head, that's using working memory or thinking towards a goal. That's difficult for people with ADHD. What I go back to is when I make the request to do the thinking, the emotional reaction that that person has to the request. What I've learned is when thinking is difficult, emotionally people want to escape. Think of it like this. It's 120 degrees outside. And somebody's trying to get you to do some yard work. All you want to do is go inside of the air conditioning, escape, drink lemonade. It really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So a lot of – I've had a lot of success when people come to me emotionally all over the place. This feels blah, 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 whatever. Like, oh, let's just – let's think about thinking. How do we make thinking easier? How do we think outside your head? It's interesting when we make the thinking easier, there's not the emotional urge to escape, and they're able to focus. Again, it's kind of clear if you look for it. It's in plain sight, but we don't see it because we have expectations, we have misconceptions, and we have some assumptions. So 
Cool, Jeff. Really interesting. I like the saying. I like the examples that you, you, you gave me, but I feel overwhelmed. What do I do? Well, the idea really is first you've got to have some self-awareness that those things are getting in your way, and you need to, be, to learn how to open up your mind, which is a mindset. What I've also learned is that sometimes you've got to change your conceptual understanding of something in order to find out what works. Often people are coming in looking for a tip, trick, or strategy, and I'm like, if that would work, go read the book. You don't need me for that. Just read the book. But often those tip, tricks, and strategies don't work because they sound really good, but they're being misapplied. I was going to wrap this up, but I'll give you an example. I said earlier that much of procrastination is rooted in ambiguity. Right? Yeah. Well, Jeff, people tell me to chunk it down. Isn't that a way to remove the ambiguity, to actually break it into parts and understand? Well, absolutely, yes. It is, it is a tool that you could use to reduce the ambiguity. But you'll know it doesn't work most of the time. Well, why is that? Well, people with ADHD have an impaired working memory. It's difficult for them to think inside their head. In other words, it's difficult for them to chunk it down inside their head. If they do it with somebody, outside of their head, they chunk it down, they gain some clarity, and they do it. But the tip is directed, all right, for you to go use a weakness to execute it. It doesn't work. Interesting, huh? Yeah, it's a really good tip, and it will help with ambiguity. But if you're, if you're going to go back to your office or your desk or whatever and think inside your head, it's that impairment getting in the way. So it's a tip, but it's not going to work because it's being misapplied because we're looking for things that are just simple. Right? It's not always simple. Sometimes everything is, is – you shouldn't make something that's, too, that's really simple too complex, and you shouldn't take something that's really complex and try to make it over simple. So the idea is you actually begin to have to shift the way you look at these things, uh, change your mindset which is takes that's another show um, to talk about, but the idea really here is to realize is that you're missing most of the stuff is because you're fixated on expectations, assumptions, and models. So if the obvious solution isn't working, it's pretty much proof that you're paying attention to the wrong thing, and you need to make some adjustments in how you're paying attention to it. With that, we hope you've, that you've enjoyed this. It's given you pause to thought. Um, look around. Look for all the answers that are hidden in plain sight. You might actually find something if you begin to look for it. So with that, our secret word tonight is plain. Again, our secret word tonight is plain. We hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.